This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Roto World Basketball Show. It's Vaughn Delzell alongside Raphael Johnson of NBC Sports and Dan Titus of Yahoo Sports. We have a lot to cover because the NBA regular season open tonight finally is here. Feature the Nuggets and Suns victories over the Lakers and Warriors. And gentlemen, youth was victorious over old age, not once, but twice on opening night. But we do have some news on a veteran, James Harden, which is where we should probably start the show because Raphael, the beard is in the building. But that doesn't mean he's suiting up for Philly for their first game. Yeah, he is not making the trip to Milwaukee for their season opener uh, for Thursday night. Apparently, according to reports, he showed up ready to make the trip. And they're like, nah, play. You stay here. Um, continue to ramp up. You know, maybe they have a better idea of what he was doing while away from the team to get his conditioning right than we do since they're there. But. No, not on nothing for Thursday, and I'm hearing you may not play on Saturday either. So that's at least two games that you will get an unfiltered version of DeAnthony Melton, so to speak. So it's already a fantasy favorite for a few years now. I think some of us may have been rooting for this Harden situation kind of drag on a bit longer just to give Melton those starters minutes, but I think Melton's going to be fine either way. Yeah, Melon was definitely someone we talked about, and they were featured on the on our website, NBCSports.com, uh, as a guy that's going to be top 100 fantasy status, depending on the Harden news. And, Dan, I know you probably agree with that. Uh, what do you expect from him and uh, maybe Tyrese Maxey, too? Yeah, I'd say Maxey's probably the, the one that's going to benefit the most here. Um, he had 12, a 12 assist game in the preseason, so I think there's a lot of upside here with Maxey really being a distributor and a facilitator, which we haven't really seen much of him. So I think it's great that we at least get two games um, at minimum for Tyrese Maxey to actually see what he can do as a point guard. Um, let's see on James Harden. I don't, I don't really know. Sham Sharania said that it's going to be a couple games, but who really knows what's going on behind the scenes? So if you're a fancy if you're a fancy manager that roster James Harden, you probably love the value that you got him. But I would say that this saga is far from over. Yeah, as we know, James Harden will probably stretch this out. I would say more than two games, uh, especially if he's reconditioning. You know, we made the joke last episode of I refer to him as Slim Thick Harden because he looked so great <laughs> last year, was in shape. But I guess it's not that this season. But after Milwaukee and Toronto, they do have games against the Blazers, Raptors, Suns, and Wizards for taking on the Celtics. So. Some tough games in there that 76ers would like to have Harden in there for, but uh, knowing him, he doesn't want to play for them. So we'll see what does happen. But we did see some basketball on the court. The Lakers and Nuggets played, and it was a pretty competitive game until midway through the fourth quarter for the Nuggets to pull away. It was ring night for them, so sentimental night. Uh, Nikola Jokic, triple-double, three three-pointers. He did everything you expected him to do. Uh, and I just want to point out that Anthony Davis, gentlemen, let me down in a big way. Started my season with a simple, simple same game parlay. Davis 20 plus points, Chris Paul 10 plus points. No sweat. Davis 17 at half. 
0 for 6 from the field after halftime. No points, gentlemen. So, Dan, what were some of your takeaways from the Lakers versus Nuggets? Uh, first, that Anthony Davis wants no smoke with Nikola Jokic. I mean, 17 points in the first half, but he also did like nothing in terms of rebounding, blocking shots. He just didn't really seem overly aggressive outside of being um, on the getting aggressive on the offensive end. But like he just got completely shut down, missed six shots in the second half. So for him to have 17 in the first half and zero in the second is not something that any better wants to see. But then also fantasy managers like, dude, uh, wake up. LeBron, I think it's concerning that he's – Darvin Ham has talked about him having a minutes cap around 20, 30 minutes. I'm not overly concerned by it because I think LeBron's still going to have, you know, a high usage rate and he's still going to be an effective player on a permanent basis. But if he's not seeing 34 minutes, like, that, that's definitely going to hurt his production a little bit. So something you need to be uh, cognizant of. Um, more so, I, I think I want to talk about Aaron Gordon and what he did. Um, I think this guy was – you know, he was going – 111th in fantasy drafts last year he was an all-star pre all-star break like he should have been on the list but they had so many um because the nuggets were so good but this guy is so underrated man and i think he doesn't need a lot of usage to be effective and you saw it he was playing from that dunker spot he got you know six assists he gets the rebounds he got the stocks and he scored 15 points so like this guy's just underrated and i think he doesn't get doesn't get enough credit in fantasy um, at all for what he can do for fantasy teams and he's he's great depth right now so it's definitely someone that I would be interested in trading for um, and he's going to be pretty cheap because no one really cares about Aaron Gordon so um, yeah that, that was one of the probably the highlights of the game for me was how well he looked he's a player in his career where he wasn't really living up to everyone's hype of what he could be outside of dunking the basketball and rebounding a little bit but now he's kind of coming to his form I feel like the postseason yeah. last was really a, a springboard for Aaron Gordon to take the next step into his game and he's been doing that and uh, I will note for the Lakers, we had four guys play more minutes than LeBron. But I felt like they were pretty deep, Raphael. I mean, you had Gabe Vincent playing 22 minutes. Cam Reddish got 18. Christian Wood and Rui both had 15. Jackson Hayes at seven minutes was kind of surprising to me. I thought he'd get in the mix a little more there, especially in the second half. But uh, what are your takeaways from Lakers versus Nuggets? Um, first and foremost, Denver seems to have a stranglehold on the L.A.-based teams. Um so that's non-fantasy point. I think fantasy-wise, Christian Wood, like he's a guy that he was like a lock to be a late-round pick in fantasy. I don't mind that because that at that point in drafts, that's a minimal gamble at, at worst, you know. But the thing is, you look at his career, where has he put up numbers for teams that actually have playoff or championship ambitions? It hasn't happened. So I think there should have been some buyer beware for that reason. 15 minutes concerns me. He didn't check in until the start of the second quarter, and he shared the court with Jackson Hayes at that time. That changed after halftime. We didn't see Hayes again. Um, If Wood is the unquestioned backup center, and they can kind of use him to, to like, absorb some of those minutes that they don't want to give LeBron, maybe he'll be okay as a late-round guy, but I need to see a bit more from him before I hop on that bandwagon. And D'Angelo Russell, you, know, you talk about being snake bitten by the by the Nuggets. He was he was poor last night. Um, they showed the the video clip passed around on Twitter. LeBron telling him, "You give me the ball in the elbow, I can survey the court and find any of you guys open." Looks him off, takes a contested three that hits nothing but iron. That, that was kind of a microcosm. I feel like he's one of those guys where non-fantasy point here obviously he wants to win but as long as it's with that asterisk of the way that i want to do it 
And I don't think that's going to work for this team. And it could negatively impact his fantasy value too. So I think Wood and Russell, the two guys I have my eye on moving forward these next couple of weeks from the Lakers standpoint. Well, Ralph, I, Russell Russell said he wanted to be more like Derek Wright. Wait, that didn't happen is what you're saying? That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, he only got like one steal. Like Derek White yeah. would have probably two steals and a block there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say like at least D'Lo gave you seven assists. Like that, I guess that's one mm-hmm. promising thing that he had. Like at least he was yeah. distributing the ball a little bit. But if you're actually watching the game outside of the box score, yeah, it looks it looks a little bit concerned that this team not only looks a little bit old, it's super deep, which isn't good for any fantasy situation. Mm-hmm. But then also, you know, the chemistry, the the Nuggets blew them out of the water. Like the Nuggets yeah. are definitely the best team in the NBA right now. Without We're saying this without seeing, with seeing one game, but like mm-hmm. they look like they didn't have any hangover from that championship run. So, yeah, that, that's just scary. I just don't – they're just not on the Nuggets level. So Russell will probably be better when, against the – not playing against the Nuggets, but I, I see Raph's point in, in terms of like the bigger picture of how this Lakers team could be. Yeah, I agree with a lot of that. I thought late in that game, especially third and fourth quarter, D'Lo and a lot of Lakers, not that you wanted Anthony Davis have his ball in his hands that late after how ineffective he was, but I thought there were a lot of situations with pick and rolls or switches that they were missing the guys that they should be hitting there. And yep. D'Lo was a big catalyst in, in that, in my opinion. Uh, but rolling over, well, before we roll over into Warriors versus Suns, which I thought was uh, equally as entertaining game, reminder for all you guys to look for the NBC Sports shows on Amazon Music. Just head to Amazon.com backslash NBC Sports, and you can find all the shows, including the Roto World Basketball show uh, that we're doing as I speak. So Suns versus Warriors, fancy takeaways, guys. Devin Booker, obviously. Had a night to remember, as he always usually does on opening night or big games. 32 points from him. Uh, You know, Nurkic looked great. Andrew Wiggins didn't do much. While no one knows what tomorrow may bring, Bridgestone is working toward a more positive outlook. With innovations like developing a tire using 75% recycled and renewable materials. It's just one of the many ways Bridgestone is making a difference today. For generations to come. Because that's what really matters. Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Visit whatreallymatters.com to learn more. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Steph and Clay were 36 combined attempts. Uh, so, Dan, I'll start with you. Uh, what did you like and what did you not like uh, with the Suns and Warriors? I think the Warriors are just missing Draymond Green. Uh, I think that that was the, probably yeah. the most evident part of it. Their offense looks stagnant. Steph got in foul trouble. Clay 
is kind of just an offensive player right now. Doesn't really do much defensively. Um, I don't know. I feel like it was a bad game for the Warriors. Um, it wasn't a particularly good game for Kevin Durant either. He shot 32% from the field. Um, kind of settled for a lot of fadeaways and in, in that mid-range that just kept on coming short. So begs the question, like, is KD – Katie, is he may he may not be the KD that we're expecting, like first round draft capital kind of guy. Um, he did get ten rebounds and three assists, so that kind of helped his fantasy day. But I don't know. I think this is going to be a long season for him, and this offense just looked like it was just so reliant on Devin Booker to get a bucket, and he delivered every single time. Hmm. Um, I'm curious to see how this Bradley Beal situation is going to end up because it's pretty concerning to me that he's progressing in his back injury. Um, so Devin Booker is going to be, you know, top 10 player for the foreseeable future. As long as he has the ball in his hands, as much as he did, he's dishing it out, found Nurkic. I think they have a really good relationship chemistry that's building there. Um, and Josh Akogi, I'll let, I'll let Raph talk about Josh Akogi, but that man seemed like he was everywhere over the, all over the court. And the Warriors had no answer for his energy, which is concerning because the Warriors just look old. I wouldn't say I'm, they're Barkley like cooked, but they just look old out there. Yeah, I think Okogi for me was one of the big fantasy winners last night. They see he, Contavious Caldwell Pope, and then Torian Prince. You know, you go back to that first game. Those were the three guys that really stood out to me from a fantasy standpoint. Okogi was that fifth starter last year once Kevin Durant got healthy post trade, and he's remained in that role. I think with Beal out, he may be the one who benefits the most. He's still rostered in under fifteen percent of Yahoo leagues, so. If you need a forward, you know, you do a lot worse than Josh Okogie. Torian Vince is in a similar spot, rostered percentage. Um, those two, and then my other – my concern about the Warriors, I think Draymond will cure a lot of ills, but two concerns. Andrew Wiggins, 10 points, nothing else really. I think he had one rebound. Jonathan Kaminga was part of the closing lineup. We got early foul trouble, then he played well in the second half. So Draymond, you get him back, he'll help with the facilitation and the defense. Other thing, the Chris Paul fit, um, it's going to take time because, you know, we, we've gotten so used to watching the Warriors play, play at a high tempo. Only three times in Chris Paul's last 10 years has he been on a team that's ranked in the top 10 in pace. So that that's a huge deal when you're talking about mixing in a guy like that. And they've said they want Chris Paul to be Chris Paul. You know, he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. So you get it from that angle. But the adjustment may take a little longer than we may expect, uh, given the difference in tempo that these two, you know, groups and individuals, you know, like prefer to play throughout the course of their, of their careers. Yeah. I think Chris Paul tried to fill Draymond Green's void as much as he could, especially with a stat line, 14 points, nine assists and six rebounds. It looks like a Draymond stat line and you know, the four out of 15 from the field, oh, six from three. I mean, Chris Paul had his worst statistical season of the last two years from three. And he's going to be chucking more than ever, arguably, with the Golden State Warriors. So that's definitely something I think could be concerning. And uh, I didn't bring him up to start because I have nightmares of what he did to me uh, the other night. <laughs> not not because I had him to score 10 plus and he did that, gentlemen. What happened was I did a little five buck, you know, throw away McDonald's money on Chris Paul and Anthony Davis' first basket. It was to win 498. Ooh. And Chris Paul missed Ooh. the first basket of the game. Um, so, you know, AD held me down, but Chris Paul did it, and they reversed in the points prop. So I have hard feelings versus those two right now, but I do think Draymond Green should be the starter, Raph. Uh, Chris Paul should go to the bench. That's something I was wrong on weeks ago on our show. Um, 
you agree now? You, you're still on that same segment? Yeah. I think, you know, the, the pace differences that I mentioned, I think he can be really helpful for Kaminga and Moses Moody. You know, both of those guys played well last night. But I think in that type of setting, they may have more of the offense catered to them as opposed to, you know, when you have Curry and Clay out there or at least one of those guys because they're going to be high-volume scorers, especially with that second unit. So I think a bench role may be best for Chris Paul. Will he accept it? We'll see. Yeah, I think as long yeah. as he's a part of that closing lineup, I'm yeah. sure he'll mm-hmm. be, probably be fine, and, and he probably will. Yeah. Um, but I think you, you brought up the biggest point is, like, if Wiggins isn't checked in, this this team's going to be in trouble because, like, they mm-hmm. need his energy – his rebounding. Um, Kavon Looney, what didn't play his best game either. I just think it was a letdown game for the, for the Warriors, but yeah. I think we'll see them bounce back. They'll still figure it out. Um, Chris Paul did play well in his debut, but yeah, obviously they just had no answer for Devin Booker. And I don't know that many people will have an answer for Devin Booker <laughs> this year. Yeah, no, very true. Yeah. Warriors are the normal third quarter come out on fire. Then after that, they kind of gave the lead. But when you do, when you live or die by the three, 10 of 43 will not get you the win, even on your home court. So nope. Uh, they'll look better long term, but right now they looked all of their age, gentlemen. Don't mean to hate on the Warriors. But reminder, basketball season is here, if you haven't noticed so far. It's time to squeeze in your fancy drafts if you haven't got them already. Get the Rotor World Basketball Draft Guide, which includes all the rankings, player outlooks, and projections you need to win your league. Just go to NBCSports.com. Get your draft guide now. Use code PRESEASON25 to save 25% off and receive a $10 fanatics e-gift card there are some injury stuff worth noting injury notes gentlemen uh short term let's cover first a couple bigger names like Darius Garland and Luka Doncic uh questionable Luka did participate in shoot around so I expect him to go against the Spurs and Victor Wembanyama on national TV uh Ralph what do you think of the injury news right now out of the guards or the big men surrounding the NBA I think the two injuries that scare me are Doncic and Darius Garland. Um, Garland's questionable, the hamstring. Those can be tricky. Calf injuries can be tricky as well. So I think those soft tissue injuries you, you, you're thinking about, all it takes is one misstep and you're out multiple weeks. So that would concern me. I think in the case of Garland, I don't know if there's anyone that you would pick up if you were to be sidelined for an extended period. Ty Jerome may see a bump in minutes, but I don't think that's enough to make him worth, you know, rostering in most leagues. If anything, if you have Donovan Mitchell, you'd be in a good spot because his usage, which is already high, would skyrocket in that scenario. Luka Doncic may be a similar situation. You know, Jaden Hardy's been upgraded to probable, dealing with an ankle sprain. But again, is he really going to get the minutes needed to be like a, a, a must-add player? I think if anything, maybe Josh Green for defensive purposes, even though he'll likely – could already start, if anything, at the three as a smaller, small forward. Then Kyrie's usage would jump up as well. Dan, any opinions on who you think uh, biggest winners or losers possibly with some of these injuries that are floating around for opening night for a lot of these teams? Uh, so I think not not necessarily for this week, but I would continue to monitor Jaden McDaniels of the Minnesota mm-hmm. Timberwolves because mm-hmm. he's out with a calf injury. As Raph was just describing, the calf injuries can be tricky. I think Kyle Anderson is is a great person to pick up in the absence of Jaden McDaniels. He was awesome last year, got four triple doubles, um, gives you a a mix of stocks and efficiency as well. He's 
got the most boring and slow game you could possibly imagine in the NBA, but this dude is useful for fantasy purposes. So um, they don't have their best schedule this week. So that's why I'm saying like, you're probably not gonna be able to fit him into your lineup tonight or on Friday because those are the biggest slates. But um, if this lingers into next week, I think you have a really good pickup right there on your hands with, with uh, Kyle Anderson. The other one I would monitor is um, I'm actually not as worried about Darius Garland. I was just kind of looking around to see, you know, if he's a go, it seems like he's, he was all systems go for shoot around. Um, So I think he should be all right. But, you know, as Raf said, I think Donovan Mitchell would probably benefit the most, but Jared Allen is still out. So I I would expect Mm -hmm. Evan Mobley to, to be very good early on in this season as well. If you're looking for a streamer, maybe you want to throw in a Max Struess or, yeah, probably Max Struess will probably benefit the most there. Um, they will probably they'll run smaller. He'll get more opportunities on the wing there. Um, but yeah, there's not too many injuries to start the season, so I'm pretty excited to get started here. But I don't know this Luca situation is definitely a bit murky because he had such a high um, usage over the course of the summer. Like this dude was mm-hmm. never stopped playing ball, which is what you always wanted to see from Luca. It's like, hey, can we get like a slim down, in shape version of Luca? And now that you get it, he hurts his calf. So. I think he's probably just playing it safe. I think we'll see him out there tonight. Given the new uh, protocols around nationally televised games and injury reporting and such, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Luca out there. If only for, you know, maybe he gets a little bit less minutes depending on how the game goes. But I wouldn't be too concerned about Luca or Darius going into, into tonight. It sounds like Luca might be getting the LeBron treatment at 29 minutes, Captain. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, is there uh, any guys? Um, I know you guys named a lot of players here, uh, Raf. I'll start with you. But is like for daily fantasy people using you know captain spots or the spots that get more points in general? What's a guy you'd be looking at? I think Donovan Mitchell, as I mentioned earlier. I think he's one. Even if Garland's available, I think Mitchell. I think he's going to be ready to, to have a huge season individually. Um, Dan mentioned Evan Mobley. He's someone else just because he's the only big on the floor to start the season. I think that's going to benefit him immensely. And I think Cleveland's going to ultimately move better with it with just one big on the floor instead of two. Like they didn't really have too many issues during the regular season, but obviously we saw things bogged down against the Knicks. Um, Mobley's offensive skill set is such that if you if you have one of those high profile spots in DFS, he could really be valuable for you because of the scoring, the rebounding and the block shots. Yeah, playing two centers on the floor at the same time never seemed like something that was going to work this day in the NBA. We keep joking about yeah. but I think both those guys are awesome. I like Mobley over Allen in general. Dan, who do you like uh, if you were getting a captain here in Daily Fantasy? Uh, I like Trey Young. I think he's going to absolutely torch the Charlotte Hornets tonight. Um, hmm. I mean, the Charlotte Hornets <laughs> don't play any defense. They play with a lot of pace. I think Quinn Snyder is a, is a guy that's got this team. I mean, there's still some – so we're still trying to figure out the rotation, whether it's Sadiq Bay, Jalen Johnson, and that whole power forward situation. But um, I think one thing that's going to be consistent is that Trey Young's going to have the ball in his hands a lot, and uh, he's going to go off on this team. Um, so it's going to be a fun game. That's actually one of the better games on the slate in terms of fantasy production. Um, the other team I'll probably look at, I know it's going to be ugly, Vaughn, but I feel like Nikola Vucevic might have a good game against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, he's a he's a big man. The the front court of the Oklahoma City Thunder is a bit weak. I think he can exploit that. I think there should be some easy rebounds to be had there. He's one of the biggest guys on the court, being near the rim. I think there's just an easy way to get some rebounds, some blocks, and I think he should actually score a, a considerable amount too. So I don't usually advocate for Nikola Vucevic, but I think that this 
this matchup seems like it's a good one for him. I think you could dominate uh, Chet Holmgren there. Well, he wouldn't be here or have a job if you were advocating for him very often, Dan. <laughs> uh, but no, I uh, I think he has a pretty good matchup. I think that's going to be a higher scoring game than probably th- people think. Um, you know, I'm excited to see what the Thunder look like in general more than the Bulls, especially the younger players like Chet Holmgren there. Um, but a lot of good players. Trey Young's points prop against Hornets is 26 and a half. I, I, I know why. <laughs> because I don't play no damn defense. Uh, it should be more yeah. than that. It probably uh, should. I could like, say 28 and 11 or something like that, man. He's going to go yeah. off. Yeah, this is week three or four of the NBA season. I think Trey Young's going to have a much higher line than that. Uh, exciting games a lot, but we have some more injuries to talk about as well as scheduling aspects right after this. So Sunday night football on NBC. I cannot wait because it's the Bears versus the Chargers. But really, it's DJ Moore and the Bears. They go to Southern California to battle Herbert and the Chargers. The kickoff starts at 7 p.m. Eastern for coverage only on NBC and Peacock. And, uh, you know, Fields may not be the quarterback for Chicago. They got a D2 guy in there who played in the PSAC. Which way do I got to go? Go here if you're watching live right there. (laughs) That guy played in the PSAC. Uh, And now he's the quarterback for the Bears. Pretty crazy. But I won't let my active psoriatic arthritis joint symptoms define me. Emerge as you. Tremphia guselkumab is proven to significantly reduce joint pain, stiffness, and swelling in adults with active psoriatic arthritis. Some patients even reported less fatigue as assessed by survey one week prior. Results may vary. Tremphia is taken by injection six times a year after two starter doses at week zero and four. Serious allergic reactions may occur. Tremphia may increase your risk of infections and lower your ability to fight them. Before treatment, your doctor should check you for infections and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms of an infection, including fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough. Tell your doctor if you had a vaccine or plan to. Emerge as you. Learn more about Tremphia, including important safety information, at tremphia.com or call 1-877-578-3527. See our ad in Food & Wine magazine. For patients prescribed Tremphia, cost support may be available. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. As far as long-term injuries in the NBA, uh, Steven Adams, once again, biting the bullet. He's out for a while, out for the season. A couple other guys like Bojan Bogdanovic and Tari Eason also showing up for two to four weeks. Uh, Raf, where do you want to start with long-term injuries and how it affects some fantasy guys? I think we have to start with Steven Adams. Um, they tried the non-surgery route, but as we saw with Paul Pogba in, in the other version of football, didn't work out. Um, ultimately, they decided Adams had to go under the knife to repair that PCL tear out for the season. 
um, Xavier Tillman time. That's basically what it is. Uh, we've seen in the past that Jaron Jackson Jr. plays best when next to a, a more rugged big man. Tillman can fill that role as he did last season. I thought Santi Aldama could have been that guy. I think he's still someone that fantasy managers are going to want to look to pick up, but he's out on Wednesday. So he can't help you right now, but that's someone that if you have an IL plus spot, maybe pick him up and stash him there for a little bit, see how long he's going to be sidelined for. But if you need immediate help, Xavier Tillman's going to be that guy in Memphis. Dan, what do you think about Xavier Tillman in general? He's not someone that would be on my radar in DFS, but looks like Memphis is pretty thin when it comes to bigs right now. Yeah, they're extremely thin. And I was actually a team Aldama, um, you know, last year when Jaron Jackson Jr. was on on the bench recovering from his meniscus tear. Aldama was the starter of power forward. He definitely gives them more range in terms of shooting and, and being a stretch four. So I'd expect him to be in the rotation, but obviously he's got the ankle injury, so he's not going tonight. So I agree with Raf. I think he's a person that you could stash. I wouldn't be rushing to waivers to get him, but he was pretty effective in his two starts in the preseason. Average 18 and a half points, knocked down over two threes. So I, I think he knows what he is. Um, Xavier Tillman is a guy that's actually sneakily good at steals and assists. Mm-hmm. So I think he's a guy that you can plug in to your lineups right now and be effective if you want to get some low-end steals and, and assists for a big man. Um, one guy I would look at is Zaire Williams. I think that he's going to, now that he's going to be starting at the three, he's been a guy that's been in that, uh, Memphis Grizzlies system for a couple of years now. He's on that trajectory of being a third year breakout. So, um, this is a guy I would monitor. I don't really know. I don't really have any set expectations for him, Mm -hmm. but he's definitely someone I'm going to be watching now that the, the front court has gotten a little bit lighter, um, for the Memphis Grizzlies. I like the MF is going through a lot right now with, you know, three or four players out to start the season. Um, it's going to be a rough start, but, you know, they got Marcus Smart, so he's going to hold them down there and grind city. Dan, I heard you're the guy to talk to when it comes to scheduling in the NBA. You're the guru <laughs> with pickups. Scheduling uh, guru. <laughs> so uh, if that is true, there are a lot of teams, you know, with back-to-backs this week. There are a lot of teams with two or three games left. Uh, over the next six to seven days. So uh, what are you looking at with scheduling? Yeah, I wish my wife heard you say that because I can't schedule <laughs> a damn thing in my real life. Um, <laughs> uh, in terms of schedule, though, uh, there's, I believe, eight teams that play a back-to-back on Friday and Saturday, but there's only one team on Saturday, Sunday, and that team is the Sixers. So if you're looking at the schedule, obviously we're recording this on Wednesday, don't want to give you any advice for tonight because it's not really actionable, but I would be looking ahead uh, for any Sixers that are on waiver wires because they do play Thursday, uh, Saturday, and Sunday. So um, very interesting um, scheduling build, I guess, and the teams that they're playing against are definitely favorable. Um, so I'll be looking for Paul Reed right now. He's around 55% rostered, so he might be there in 10-team leagues. Um Kelly Oubre is a guy that I would probably look at. I think he's going to get into the rotation a bit, will be a good source of threes and steals. He appears to be motivated and hungry um, after kind of being disrespected for much of the offseason and not getting any contracts. Um, Yeah, I think that that's the main team that I would probably look to stream out the gates. Um, Sacramento also has a pretty favorable uh, schedule. They play against the the Warriors and the the Lakers on Sunday. Uh, Both of these teams, you know, pace – Plenty of fantasy uh, implications there. Uh, may want to look at Malik Monk in a little revenge spot against the Lakers. Uh, Malik Monk is definitely a bucket off the bench. 
Um, and then Phoenix, they play on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. So, well, they played yesterday and then Tuesday and uh, Thursday and Saturday. So, lighter slates. Um, that's a Josh Akogi territory. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like those are the the main teams. I think Philly's the probably the best one that you can get the most bang for your buck in terms of streaming. Yeah, I like their spots now because now I'm looking at their schedule and obviously they got the big game Thursday against Milwaukee and Saturday they got the Raptors at Toronto. Toronto's going to be on the second night of a back-to-back and then Philly will come back home to play Portland, which everyone probably seemed like a smash spot because Portland's not supposed to be good, but ultimate letdown spot for the Sixers in my opinion. So thank you for that, Dan. Hope James Harden <laughs> comes back for game three too, so that just boosts that, that betting yeah. line there. But uh as far as fanny stuff for you, Raph, what do you think about a lot of the scheduling that Dan talked about? And there's anybody that you're looking up, picking up at streaming um, just because of scheduling? Um, not so much that. I think I'm more in evaluation mode right now um, just because, we, obviously, we've only seen four teams play actual games, so there's, yeah. it's kind of difficult to figure out too much. I think uh, one team I'm looking at is the Heat. You know, What's their backcourt rotation going to look like beyond Kyle Lowry and Tyler Hero? Josh Richardson is out Wednesday night, so there's there are going to be rotation minutes available. Um, Jaime Jaquez, haven't heard a final report on him just yet, but he was dealing with an injury too. Drew Smith, I don't think you're going to roster or even stream Drew Smith, but we may see first half minutes from Drew Smith just because of how shorthanded they are. And also, Jimmy Butler, you, know, you talk about back-to-backs, he didn't play at all during the preseason. They've got a Friday, Saturday back-to-back. Does he play both of those games, or does he sit one of those out? You know, It's weird. We also have to kind of take into consideration if games are on national TV, too, because of these rules they put together. So I think Miami, that's a team I would be watching Wednesday and then Thursday morning with those injury reports because they could be – they're already shorthanded. They could also be down a few more guys – uh, come the weekend because of, you know, load management reasons. Yeah, Miami has a quote-unquote easy game out the gate against the Pistons, who are young and definitely going to be hungry there. But they have a three-game road trip against Boston, Minnesota, the back-to-backs, and then Milwaukee two days later. So I'm with you, Ralph. I don't think Jimmy Butler is going to play all three of those road games. That mm-hmm. sounds like a lot, but there's a lot of minutes to be going around there. So to wrap it up, really, Dan, what's a game – uh, coming up that you're looking forward to maybe the most or when and why? And is there a player that piques your interest to why you like that game the most? Yeah, the <laughs> I have circled on my counter the Houston Rockets and the Orlando Magic, which is not something that the casual fan would be like, oh, yeah, let me go That's watch two bum, two bum <laughs> teams. Uh, but from a fantasy perspective, I really want to see how Ime Udoka – kind of rolls out this this lineup we're here with Tari Eason out like was is Cam Whitmore yeah. going to get more minutes is Dylan Brooks going to be 35 minute guy and the chucker that he normally is but like he act if he gets the minutes I, I think there's a lane where he could actually be somewhat fantasy relevant on in some deep leagues but Amen Thompson is a certainly a popular name that I think will gain point guard eligibility that I'm really curious to see how they deploy him as like a six man um, behind Fred Van Vliet and also Jaren, uh, Jalen Green. Um, but then also on the Orlando side, man, there's just so much fantasy opportunities between Markel Fultz, Franz Wagner, Paolo Bancaro. Uh, I think it's just going to be a really fun game to watch of some young players and, you know, uh, a complete rebuild 
of this Houston Rockets team that I think will be way better this season. So I have Orlando Magic. I took their win total over. I think they're going to be at minimum seventh seed in the Eastern Conference. I don't know about the Houston Rockets, but I think they're going to be way better than last year. So I think it's one of the more underrated games on tonight's slate. So really excited for that. And probably player-wise, Alperen Shingun. I just want to see if Ime Odoka really uses him like a Demonis Sabonis, Nikola Jokic type of guy, because I think that that's how the Rockets would be at their best is if they go through him. Yeah, no, I definitely think that's going to be one of the most entertaining games. It's a real basketball fans game, in my opinion. I'm looking forward to what the Lakers do against the Suns after both those teams lost their first – or Suns won their first game, Lakers lost their first game. And the Lakers also have a big game after that against the Kings, Battle of California. Raph, what are you looking forward to the most uh, for opening night for some of these teams? Um, I'm going to say the Lakers. And you mentioned that game against Sacramento. That's the first of a back-to-back for them because they play Orlando at home. Uh, the following night, Monday, first day of week two, with LeBron's minutes being managed and neither of those games being on national TV, does he sit one out? You know, I think that's something to keep an eye on here because if obviously 29, 30 minutes per game, as you mentioned earlier, Dan, he can certainly give you quality, fancy value in those minutes. But will there come a point where – there's frustration and not playing as well as they want to. And the old man says, you know what, the hell with it. I'm going to put the team on my back. Now, that's not great in terms of him, you know, 21st year in the league. But if you have him rostered, that could pay off in the short term. Yeah, I think it does, too. Um, that That's probably the most interesting thing to watch. I mean, I at least like that he has someone else that has some kind of youthful tendencies and seems to yeah. be a competent basketball player like Austin Reeves. Mm-hmm. But there's going to be a point in time if they get too many losses where LeBron's going to be like, all right, enough of this. Like, I need yeah. to win. Mm-hmm. It, it's go time. So as a fantasy manager, I probably feel pretty good about that. But it's definitely something to monitor, especially with these back-to-backs coming up. I don't anticipate him or Anthony Davis uh, playing on most of these back-to-backs, especially mm-hmm. when he's already getting that minutes cap out the gates that Darvin Ham's been been pretty vocal about. Yeah. I'd also like to mention Denver at Oklahoma City on Sunday. Uh, a lot of Yeah, a lot of us are high on the Thunder. Um, I'm not like <laughs> 50 games, 50 wins high. I no, think no. If, if everything breaks right, maybe they can approach that. But Sacramento won, th- won 48 as a three-seed last season. And I think the West is – is just as deep this season. So that's going to be tough to do. But, you know, you're a young team looking to establish yourself. What better way to set a marker than beating the reigning champs, you know, the first week of the season? And SGA versus Nikola Jokic, that's going to be great in terms of fantasy basketball, watching what those guys do. Uh, Dan, what are your final thoughts before we head out of here? Yeah, Friday night, I'm going to be looking at Miami versus Boston. I think that's going to Mm -hmm. be a great rematch of the – Eastern Conference Eastern. Finals. Yes. <laughs> I, to remember. I was like, oh, wait, they lost in game seven, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I feel like it, this is going to be a, a heck of a spot. You know, the the Boston Celtics are at home. Um, yeah, they're going to want to enact revenge here. So I think Jimmy Butler, as you mentioned, that back-to-back, um, he's definitely going to play on that one. That one's going to mm-hmm. be nationally televised. So I think that one's going to be – get your popcorn ready because I think we're going to see a lot of what this Boston Celtics team looks like now that, you know, KP is in the building and – and Jalen Brown's got the enormous bag. Um, this Boston team has a lot of expectations. So it would be funny to see if Miami, as undermanned and underfunded as they are, and not having their best players play in the preseason, still gave them a run for their money. So we'll see what it do. But I think that's going to be a really exciting one for Friday night. 
the Boston Celtics are my best bet uh, for their opening night game on the road at the Knicks. Who go. played twice in the preseason. So I'm pretty excited to see what Przingis and the gang got going on uh, at Madison Square Garden. But another great episode, guys. Uh, before we get out of here, Raph, Dan, please plug uh, what you got going on this next week, what the people should be tuning in to see. Raph, I'll start with you. Yeah, um, we're finally done with the preseason shenanigans. Um, <laughs> so now – yeah, we've got our, our daily pickups of the day column that comes out once games are over. Um, we'll have a waiver wired column that Zach will be handling on Friday mornings. And yeah, the, the games are here. So I'm really excited to not just have to sit here and predict things, but we can actually talk about things that happen. Yeah, and you can find me at Dan Tice on Twitter, uh, X. And yeah, I'll be coming out with a weekly column called The Playlist where it kind of infuses waiver pickups, the games that I'm going to be watching. I'll give you a little sample of what I listen to or what's in my rotation. So a little fun way to to kind of go a little bit beyond basketball. But, yeah, all things, find me at Yahoo Sports, Yahoo Fantasy app. I love that. And if you like betting aspects, you could find me at NBCSports.com. But, guys, would you, be, would you believe me if I told you I was hitting 62% NFL and 64 in college football? Ooh. You wouldn't believe me, but I'm hitting 0% NBA so far, so you'd believe that. <laughs> but hey, you got plenty, plenty of time to make that up. Plenty of yeah. time to come out around, baby. But uh, yeah, great episode as always, guys. Make sure you follow all three of us. For Raphael Johnson, Dan Titus, and Vaughn Delzell, shout out to Adam Wise, our producer. Thank you guys so much for listening, watching. Make sure you subscribe and like to us. This was the Roto World Basketball Show. See you next time. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.